And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you guys for tuning in once again to this, the final Wrap It Up podcast of the first half of the Raptors season. Of course, this is your only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. We like to hear from you. The fans, what do you guys think of this whole entire first half? It's been a crazy one. Obviously, a really crazy end to the first half. But overall, let's try and take a step back and think overall where this team is and what you guys are thinking. So please, I said this is the only live and interactive Raptors postgame show there is, and I mean it. So send in your comments and questions wherever you happen to be listening, whether you are right now on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander or on YouTube at Sheldon Alexander or our brand new Twitch stream, which is up at On Blast Podcast. Please send in your comments and questions because I want to hear from you. I see my guys right now in the newsroom, Rasho and Vic. Let's go. (laughs) Can't complain about that performance at all. And people who are familiar with the pod, you know, people who are familiar with this pod will know kind of my vibe on this whole thing because if you're ever coming in and wondering why i'm not mad or why i'm not flipping out over a raptors loss because here's the thing okay and this goes back to the Kawhi year so i'm gonna stress this we started this pod the season Kawhi leonard was here with the toronto raptors and my whole thing then was this team is very good just ride it out enjoy the ride and don't get too high don't get too low just know that it's about the bigger picture And even when you take that same approach to this season, where obviously the bigger picture isn't the same as a champion, like there's not a championship expectation from this team realistically this season, right? What I mean in terms of staying in in the middle, you know, not getting too high, not getting too low, is what were your expectations for this team at the start of the season? Because I know I got slandered a lot for, you know, I said, if the Raps avoid the play-in tournament, meaning you finish above the sixth seed, that is a massive, massive, massive accomplishment for the Toronto Raptors because there's a new playoff, and if you're in 7, 8, 9, or 10, there's a play-in tournament into the playoffs. So I just said, if you're the Raps and you avoid that, that is a successful season, a huge success for the Toronto Raptors. And people kind of took that the wrong way. And really, all I was saying was, it's going to be tough for them this year with everything that you have to deal with in terms of not playing in Toronto, you're playing in Tampa, your practice gym is like a hotel ballroom, right, or dining area that they converted into uh, a practice court, but also you're, you lost a lot of players over the past few seasons, and so one of the major issues for this team is going to be depth. And so how do we round that out into this conversation we're having right now about this Boston Celtics game and why I don't get too high or don't get too low? Because let's be honest, you're coming into this game against Boston who, despite what their record says, despite the fact that they've been struggling as of late, this is a team that has, they have championship expectations. They have expectations of being at the top of the Eastern Conference. But the main point here is they have their full team going against the Toronto Raptors in this game. And the Raptors, once again, would be coming in on the second night of a back-to-back on the road against Boston, who's been sitting there waiting. But the Raptors are again playing without three of their best players. And the Raptors are playing without their coaching staff for a second straight night. 
And if you watch last night's pod, one of the things I talked about was the lack of depth. It's tough to have expectations when you're going to be relying on a bunch of guys that aren't really used to being in that position. So let's look at this game. And the Raptors lose to the Celtics, 132 to 125, right? That's a pretty close game. The Raptors were right in this game at the end. A great effort from the Toronto Raptors. And I'm not about moral victories, and I get it, so that's not, before you try to hit me with a bunch of that stuff, that's not where I'm going here. But I'm just saying realistically, okay? Norm puts up 25. Kyle has 14 points and a career-high 19 assists. Boucher led the team with 30 points off the bench. Terrence Davis had a season-high 22 points off the bench. So you're getting the production from those guys at the level that you would need to beat Boston if that were to happen. You got that. There's not much more that you can ask for from the guys that suited up from the Toronto Raptors in this game. Let's keep it a buck. What actually happened in this game? The Raptors the Raptors came out gunning, cool, but let's keep it a buck. Jason Tatum came into this game averaging 18 points per game over his last three. Tonight in this game, the stat line is going to show you 26 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 9 of 15 from the floor. That's what the stat line is going to show. When you look at the eye test in that game, while the Raptors were in the lead and then as the Celtics came back and then took the lead, Jason Tatum was just making all of the plays. And that's where you realize, okay, we need all our dudes if we're going to beat a team of Boston's caliber because you're just looking at talent at this point. And if Norm is going to put up 25, which he did, and then you're also going to ask him to guard Tatum, that's tough. And you struggle because do you play Bembry? Do you play Stanley and tell them to guard Tatum for the whole game? Well, the problem is you need the scoring as well. So you're going to play a lot more Terrence Davis. You're going to play a lot more Boucher. That's just the nature of the situation. So you're just in a tough spot. And beyond that, there were some plays that Tatum was making down the stretch that I don't think it mattered who was in the lineup. It would have been really tough to stop. So can you really be mad at the Toronto Raptors for dropping this game? No, you can't. You got to be realistic. You're missing three of your best players. You remove three of your best players from any team in the league, and they're going to have trouble winning games in the NBA. That's just how things work in terms from a talent standpoint. So let's go through things here, right? We'll go through it quickly. And again, keep sending in your comments and questions, whether you're on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, send in your comments and questions because that's what we do here live. Normally I'll go through the game, give my thoughts on what went on during the game, but then I take your comments and questions. And that's how we do this pod each and every night after every Toronto Raptors game. And again, if you ever miss the pod live, Know that we got you covered. Wherever you get your podcasts, we end up on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course, on YouTube. So like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Remember, Wrap It Up is a show. On Blast Podcast is a network. If you're ever searching for us anywhere, On Blast is the name of the network to search. So let's let's start this out here, right? Second night of a back-to-back, I got to give uh, the Raps credit because they made the adjustment. They got off to a great start by changing up their starting lineup from last night's game. Out were Watanabe and Baines. In were uh, Stanley and uh, Bembry. Sorry, Terrence Davis started last night's game. Terrence Davis was out of the starting lineup along with Watanabe. Starting in this game, along with Kyle and Norm, was Stanley Johnson, Bembry, and Boucher. And what you do with that, because what happened last night against the Pistons 
where the Raptors were just out hustled. And you counter that with the effort that you know your effort guys, your hustle guys in terms of Stanley Johnson and Bembry and Boucher. That's just the energy those guys will bring to start the game. And the Raptors, they came out gunning. It was great. Bembry had a great start. He was giving great minutes. My guy was making passes. He was cutting to the basket. Four assists early. And it's a stat sheet thing that you look at and it's you're not going to see the impact. But he held a big role in the start of this game for the Toronto Raptors. And of course, what else do we know? Well, Kyle Lowry is going to give them great minutes to start. And he got every everyone going. I just thought that was interesting as well when you look at what the the Raps were able to do to get off to a good start in which they led this game by three after the first quarter. Norm was on fire, and that's what you expect, but the bench really gave a good boost. Having Davis and Boucher coming off that bench really helped. Pardon me, I realized I made a mistake earlier. I said that Boucher started in this game. Obviously, he came off the bench. My bad. But the point remains... The guys the Raptors did start in terms of Stanley Johnson and uh, Bembry gave them great, 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 great minutes. And then with Boucher and Terrence Davis coming off the bench, they provided even more energy. So now you're coming in waves. So if Boston's coming into this game because you look up and Boston were eight and a half point favorites to start this game. Boston's coming in thinking, ah, this is an easy dub before the All-Star break. They're probably making their plans for what they're going to do over the extended break over All-Star weekend. And they come out lackadaisical for sure. The Raptors, as mentioned, you start two of your energy guys, Stanley and Bembry. They're going to be hustling. They're going to be playing defense. They're going to be up in the grill of whether it's Kemba Walker or Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, who started horribly in this game. But then now you're hitting with the second wave of energy because Terrence Davis and Boucher come off the bench and they're putting in work. Raptors continued their lead into that second quarter. Norm continued to be on fire. And with that eight-man rotation, the key was, because you got to remember, after last night's game, I want to say six, oh no, sorry, eight Raptors scored in last night's game total. I think that was the number. But you got to look at it and you think the Raptors getting eight players to score in the first half after just how terrible of a performance most of the team had, not named Norm, Kyle, or Boucher in last night's game. So they start out the first half, 25 field goals. Raptors had 21 assists on it. That, again, is showing ball movement. That's showing passing the ball, giving up a good shot for a great shot, and team play. Raptors were up at half. That is a great, solid performance. That's the bounce back that you want from a team that really got punched in the face last night against the Pistons. But how do they respond? And this is why I always go back to the bigger picture. Because you got to remember, yes, wins and losses, cool. But what are your expectations? What are the things that you want to see in terms of positive signs from this Raptors team? And the fact that they were able to come back from getting blown out against the Pistons and then come back and show some real heart Show some real, you know, I'll stick with heart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In terms of coming back in this game against the Celtics and saying, no, we're coming out. They're going to think this is an easy win, but we're not going to go out like that. So the Raptors led 70 to 66. There was not a lot of defense being played in that first half. But again, 25 assists on the first 25 
field goals for the Raps. Norm had 21 at the half, but the key was Davis and, and Boucher. 29 points on 10 of 11 field goals off the bench. That was massive for the Raptors. Great, 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 great produ production there. And then the third quarter comes around. And this is where the reality kicks in of a lack of depth and you playing on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. And some people are going to say, hey, that sounds like an excuse. Or you could just realize that it's reality. <laughs> and that's what happens. When you struggle with depth as a whole and you remove that depth, guys are going to be tired. That's just one plus one equaling two. Right? I'm not I'm not splitting any atoms, I'm not breaking any codes there, but Raps start to turn over the ball, and then it almost seemed like Jason Tatum had enough. My guy was just controlling that game in every facet, whether he was getting key defensive rebounds, whether Tatum was just dribbling through the Raptors defense, that crazy play where he came off the screen, split the I think he split the double team, had Baines on one side hit Baines with the behind-the-back dribble and then threw down a nasty dunk. That was just, like, you're looking at how skilled this guy is, and it's kind of scary to think of how good can he be. Because when he's making moves like that to the basket, and then next time down the floor, my guy is taking deep, deep dagger threes, and that actually brought the Celtics back and gave them the lead. I mean... Credit to the Celtics, but also credit to the Raptors because they they hung around. Lowry had nine points in that third quarter trying to keep the Raps close, but again, just too much Tatum. Driving the lane again, great dime to Williams, then finds Williams in the corner. He hits a three. Celtics were four of six from three in the quarter, and it was just, you know, at that point, it was a 10-point game. After three, Celtics were up 101 to 92. They're shooting 60% from three. And the lack of defense, especially from a Raptors team that we know we're used to seeing solid defense, solid effort on the defensive end. When you're seeing a number like that, in terms of a team shooting 60%, that's when I know a team is fatigued. And that's not an excuse. That's just an answer, right? Like that's just, that's just what it is. And yeah, it's the NBA. I, I quoted Josh Donaldson on last night's pod. I'll do the same here. It's not the try hard league, right? Like at the end of the day, wins and losses, cool. But what are your realistic expectations? And the fact that the Raps were able to hang around, they still made it close. Stanley hit a three to cut it to a six point game with nine minutes left. Kyle found Boucher for a three. I think that was his 19th assist of the night. That made it a four-point game at 121-117. And then the Celtics missing mad free throws down the stretch kept this game close. But at the end of the day, 132-125, to you got to take that effort if you're the Toronto Raptors. And at least you're going into the you're going into the All-Star break without the, the nasty taste in your mouth from that terrible performance against the Pistons. Now you got some time, you got over a week or about a week to hopefully get more healthy and regroup, get some rest, and you start the second half of the season. But again, 132-125, Raptors fall, Chris Boucher leading the way for the Raps with 30 points, Norm chipping in with 25, Kyle Lowry again, 14 points with a career-high 19 assists, Jason Tatum leading the way for the Celtics with 26 points. 11 rebounds and five assists but let's get to your comments please i know you guys probably got a lot to say here as this was a crazy crazy game a back and forth game that was right 
you know, right within striking distance if you're the raps. So I'm going to start here on YouTube. And this says, uh, first comment here, these games should have been ca canceled. These games missing 12 players and staff counts towards their records, losing games for no reason. We are the most disrespected team, no doubt. And what pisses me off, the Celtics fans are going to brag about this. Yet, we were on the second night of a back-to-back -back and struggled against a G League team, basically, LOL. So, there is a lot there. Solid comment. But here's the thing, okay? Yes, I will agree with you that it is messed up, the situation the Toronto Raptors are in. But I will also remind you that I would say the majority of teams in the NBA this season have had a week like this that the Toronto Raptors have had. And in fact, I would say the Raptors are lucky that this has happened into the All-Star break because two games were postponed or canceled or whatever you want to call it, and the Raps had to play two games. There were some teams, like look at the Miami Heat. You're not going to get any sympathy from the Miami Heat who missed Jimmy Butler for a very long time because he was on the COVID protocol list. He was out almost a month, right? There were games for the Heat where they were struggling to have eight players that are required to be able to field your team. So that's been happening across the league. It really has. So it's not just the Raptors. Ask Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has talked about how he missed time with COVID and even since he's come back from having COVID, how he still feels the side effects. How he, there are times where he's running up and down the court and he's struggling to catch his breath. And that is a definite sign of, you know, something that people have talked about. I mean, heck, I'm not playing in the NBA at all or doing anything remotely close physically to the NBA. But I have moments since I had COVID where I struggle to catch my breath. So I can't even imagine basketball players. The reason I'm bringing this all up is because this isn't one of those situations, Raptors fans, to be like, woe is me. Why us? Why is this happening to the Raptors? Literally, every a lot of teams have been dealing with this, and it's just the nature of how messed up this season is. That's it. Give your team credit for putting up a fight. I know that's not what you want to hear, but that's the reality of the situation. Owen says Celtics bench shot 20 uh, for 26 tonight. Is that bad defense or hot shooting? I mean, a bit of both. So think about it, right? The Celtics bench going against the Raptors bench, but they're going against a Raptors bench that isn't really the Raptors bench, right? Like think of when you remove your three top players, everyone else has to move up a peg. And so those guys that weren't really, that wouldn't normally play, like we wouldn't really see games in which Stanley and Bembry all play, right? Maybe you see one of them get minutes, but you're not seeing both of them get legit minutes. So it's difficult. And even the guys who are playing, Norm and Kyle, they know they have to carry a lot of the, the Raptors' firepower on offense. So they're going to try to be pacing themselves. That's not an excuse. Again, it's just facts. Do you wish you had your full team? Of course. But that's not the situation the Raps were in. And they put up a good fight. Uh, Asia, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Please put in the chat how to properly pronounce your name because I want to get those things right. Um, we could have won this game. So proud of our team's effort. Also, how many fouls did Tatum get away with? Uh, Tatum getting a lot of star calls, but he's a star. That's what happens in the NBA. I don't know. Is it right? Is it wrong? Or is it just the way it is? I don't know. K2's Garnett says, six seed is not a massive accomplishment. 
So we've been going back and forth, and my guy K2's Garnett is always on me a lot. I know, I know. It's a massive accomplishment in the context of what the Raptors are dealing with. Remember, they're playing all road games this season. That is difficult to do. And not only are they playing all road games, but their quote-unquote home happens to be in one of the COVID hotbeds in the world and in the middle of a pandemic. That's a lot to deal with. No matter what anybody wants to say, that's, again, not an excuse. It's just the reality of the situation. So if the Raptors come in sixth with their team as currently constituted where their bench, even at full strength, is very, very, very thin, that is a huge accomplishment. That's something to be proud of. Now, I know that, you know, the shine, we're still thinking of this team as a championship team because... There's still some a lot of players left over from that team. But the depth, one of the biggest strengths of that Raptors championship team was their depth. And you don't have that anymore. That's just the reality of the situation, right? Serge or, Gasol or Mark could have started. And either of them would be starting centers in this league. They could have started easily for the Raptors. The Raptors don't really have a starting center. That's levels down in depth. It really is, right? The Raptors could survive. The teams that you're comparing them to, the championship teams, Freddie came off the bench. The Raptors were able to win a playoff series without much from Fred Van Fleet and Norman Powell. They were able to win a series. Now think about what happens if Fred plays bad or if Norm plays bad. You might lose to the Pistons. So I'm just saying, what are your expectations for this team? And I'm not even saying to, you know, change the overall picture because it was great to have championship expectations. It was great. I enjoyed the ride. It was incredible. But I think expecting those same things from this team is asking a lot. This season is about the development of Fred, the development of Pascal, the development of OG, Norm, seeing those guys take the next steps, Chris Boucher. Those are things to be looking at in this season. And as long as those things continue to happen and the Raps are in the mix for the playoffs, meaning they can get these, those same guys can get experience in terms of being people that you rely on night in, night out in the playoffs. That's huge. That's huge. And says, I can sleep tonight. The boys put forth a stellar effort and the Clippers lost to the Wizards. <laughs> I like that. I I do find it funny the Clippers slander wherever wherever it comes in for sure. Elijah says, "Happy about the bounce back from yesterday. We played with heart." Totally agree. Owen also jumps in and says, "On the bright side, the Clippers lost. The Clippers slander will always make me laugh. I find that funny." Glow Girl Smile says, "Even if we didn't win this game, brings confidence for our bench, such as Boucher, thirty points, TD with twenty two points, Stanley Johnson with fourteen. It's huge. It's massive, massive, massive for your Raptors, for sure. A lot of comments here. I'm going to keep going. Uh, the bench needed needs to be needs to be in the in the lab during the All-Star break. <laughs> well played. Uh, Boston won only the third quarter. Officiating made really bad calls. Yeah, but officiating, that's not why the Raptors lost. It, it really isn't. It, it, it isn't. And plus, the Celtics missed a lot of free throws. So, I don't know. Here's a great point. Norm's stock is rising. This is another subplot that is not getting a lot of attention. 
because obviously there's bigger things going on, especially right now. But with the numbers that Norm is putting up, and if Norm continues to put up these numbers for the rest of the season and into the playoffs, what happens to Norman Powell next year? Do the Raptors bring back Norm? How much money is Norm going to get? This is a very, very, very interesting subplot. And I know that obviously we're we're more so focused on Kyle Lowry. But as Norm continues to put up 20 spots in the starting lineup, I mean, we saw what OG got. We saw what Freddie got. How does Norm fit into that? That's a super interesting question that I want to see play out. And it's super interesting because at the end of the day, too, Norm is a free agent. There's gonna, there's always going to be a lot of teams that are going to try to go out there and make a splash and do something. And a 20-point score on a pretty solid team still with a lot of other guys that could get buckets, Norm could be looking at a huge payday in this offseason. And it might not be with the Raptors. Interesting. I don't know what happens. But let's see. K2's Garnett says, we're missing nine people. Multiple teams sat out a full week when it was a team outbreak. Um, yeah, if you realize, but what I said was the Raptors are team sat out a full week, but the Raptors, I bet you if it wasn't the all-star break, you might've had the same situation with the Raps. That's what I think. I don't know that, but also missing nine people. I'm not going to go back into it, but the same thing happened in the Miami Heat, and they had to play a lot of games without a lot of their key players. If you remember the Philadelphia 76ers, I think one or two of their games were postponed. They also played three or four games in the same exact situation the Raptors are in right now, where they had to play a lot of games without Ben Simmons, without Embiid, without Tobias Harris. Like They had to play a lot of games with... Remember there was a run there where Tyrese Maxey was going off and balling for the Sixers? Well... That was because they were dealing with the same thing the Raptors are dealing with now. All I'm saying is this has happened a lot to a, a lot of other teams in the league, and including the Celtics. The Celtics had to play a lot without Jason Tatum. So these things have happened to other teams, and let's not focus in and, and do the woe is me thing as a fan base. Just acknowledge the fact that it's a messed up season. A lot of people would have told you this was going to happen at some point, and just hope that everyone is is healthy and everything is safe once everyone comes back. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's see. Jaden says, we were down bad. Thank goodness for the All-Star break. Yeah, and, and that's the other part, right? I think the rest of the East, it's like, look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, before this injury, he missed some time because of the, the COVID protocols. The Nets had games. Like, when you look at the standings, uh, Drew Holiday was out for a while as he also had COVID. He talked about that and how difficult that was for him. Like we've seen this throughout the league already. And the fact that it's happening to the Raptors is terrible, but you know, one, and I hate saying a positive cause there's, I don't want to say there's a positive about this serious health situation, but it's the all-star break. And now you hope that this gives the team a chance to get healthy. That's the only hope. That's the only hope. Um, inches says Sheldon, please explain why you're making a low seed an accomplishment. Why not? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that word says there, but saying, why am I making a low seed 
an accomplishment. I'm saying it's an account. Listen, I'm, I'm being realistic. If that makes sense, right? Like, obviously I want the Raptors to win. I want them to make a deep run into the playoffs. Of course I do. Of course I do. We all want that. We're all going to sit here and watch and cheer and root the Raptors on. All I'm saying is with everything that this team has to deal with a new brand new roster, because you had to put in a bunch of new pieces, you had to install a brand new bench, right? Then add in it's middle of a pandemic. Then add in you're playing in Tampa. That's a lot to deal with. All these things that they're struggling with and dealing with now were all things that at the start of the season I thought would be difficult. Oh, I got you. Fade for Cade. <laughs> my bad. That's my bad. How did I not see that? So I get the point of the question now. The point of the question is, why am I making a low seed an accomplishment? Why not fade for Cade? The problem is... And Cade, for those who might not be familiar with NCAA basketball, Cade Cunningham, okay? You're going to hear a lot of that name coming up as we get closer to the March Madness tournament. Cade Cunningham is that deal. As of now, a lot of people have him projected as a number one pick in the NBA draft for Oklahoma State. Kid's game is nice. Um, the reason why he can't be on the fade for Cade is because the Raptors, as a team, are just too good to tank, Right, like their their foundation is too good that they won't be able to tank and come in, you know, with a low enough seed to be in the lottery to where, you know, you can think you have a realistic chance of getting Cade Cunningham. And also Cade Cunningham I think is good, but I'm not gonna say he's like a LeBron or like, you know, someone of that elk to where you're banking on, hey, if we get a low pick if we are sorry, if we get a high pick, this is what we're going to do. He's good, but he's not that good, if that makes sense. Do you know what I'm saying? So no tanking. The raps are too good. More comments. Doesn't your Jason Tatum analysis reinforce the point that we should tank for talent? Hmm. Interesting. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting point. And again, I don't think that Cade Cunningham is that high level of a talent. Like we know there's certain draft years and things have changed in terms of draft analysis over the past few seasons, but you know, when there's a LeBron year, right? You know, when it's a LeBron mellow year, you know, when it's not like last year just wasn't one of those years. And last year's draft was weird because of the pandemic and all those things, but there still wasn't a player in that draft where it's like, hey, let's tank for that person. And even if you look at the the top three picks, whether it's Anthony Edwards, um, James Wiseman, or LaMelo Ball, if you got one of those three players and added them to the Raptors, yes, the Raptors are a better team, but it's not like the Raptors are now like in the top of the Eastern Conference. You know what I mean? Like there's not that level of talent in this year's draft. And again, this Raptors team with everyone available is too good to tank. You're just not there yet. But anyways, appreciate the comment. Appreciate just the different takes of what you guys are thinking as we look towards this, um, this season. Because the first half, again, and I don't want to look at the standings fully now because I know there's still games going on. So there's some with everything being so close in the Eastern Conference, it's tough to gauge. But at the exact point right now that I look at the standings, the Raptors are in eighth. That can change because Miami is still playing a game right now. So the Raps could move up, right? So 
there's a lot of things going on, but they're right in the mix of that playoff race in the Eastern Conference. And to be honest, if you ask me at the start of the season, this is kind of where I thought the Raptors would be. Just in that mix for the playoffs. And they're right there. Things are going to be tough. So right now, it's just about focusing in and trying to regroup so that you you can look ahead to that second half, be healthy, and gain some momentum heading into the playoffs. That's it. That's all you can do if you're the Raps at this point. You you recovered from a 2-8 and eight start. You look at the roster. You look at some of the things that you, you've seen throughout this season so far. And I think you look up and you say... Well, Fred Van Fleet has shown you that he can be the leader of this team going forward. Would you like him to be more consistent? For sure. But he's shown you that I feel like you feel a lot more comfortable now with him taking the Kyle Lowry role next year if that happens to be the case. You feel a lot better about that now than you would have heading into this season or the season before. You look around and you say, okay, Chris Boucher has shown that he can be a piece off the bench. He's had a great season. Overall, he has surpassed everyone's expectations. Norman Powell has shown you consistently for over a month, that month of February, Norm was cooking. Norm, since he entered the starting lineup, has been giving you 20 points a night. Those are pluses. Pascal Siakam, after a very slow start, I think he's rounded more into form in terms of the kind of player that he's going to be. It's not going to be the putting up 25 to 30 points a night. That's not his game. But if he's giving you 20 points a night, somewhere in that 20 points range, but he's also rebounding. He's also getting assists. He's being a force on the defensive end, getting you some steals, some blocks, being active and running the floor. That's the Pascal Siakam that the Raptors want and need so you start to see some development here and there and i think those are the things you need to take away from that first half the fact that they started out two and eight were able to turn things around that's a massive accomplishment i'm not about moral victories i'm about being realistic and i think those two things are allowed it doesn't have to be all you know like championship or bust and it doesn't have to be tank there's room in the middle especially for this season which we know is a development season we know Masai was banking on, okay, well, can we stay afloat this season and try to get Giannis in the offseason? We know that was a plan coming in. And so this is where we're at. Again, Raptors sit at 17 and 19. At the time that I'm taping this, they're sitting in eighth place. I think that's what it was, but the standings are moving up and down. But either way, Raptors in the thick of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And I just think at this point, if you're a Raptors fan after that 2-8 and eight start, not about moral victories, just about being realistic. And I think if you're the Toronto Raptors, you look at where you're at now, at the All-Star break, you hope everyone's healthy, you hope things get safe, but I think you're okay with where you're sitting at now, considering everything you had to go through in that first half of the season. Finding a new home in Tampa, turning a hotel, conference room, or dining hall into your practice gym. All of those things. And then now having, you know, a bunch of players unavailable because of COVID protocols. All of these things, and yet you find yourself right back in striking distance of the playoffs. You got to take that if you're the Toronto Raptors. But hey, let me know what you guys think. Continue to send in your comments and questions because, yes, this podcast lasts about a half hour after every game. But the conversation continues in the chat for sure. 
and I, I'm seeing the debate go on in the chat right now. People are just mad at Boston. People don't want no tanking. I'm with you. There's no tanking this season. So there's a lot of conversation going on, and that's what we try to build here, right? I'm just here giving the platform for everyone to have their voice as a Toronto Raptors fan base after each and every game. We do this live. We have a live stream up on Twitter, at Shell Alexander. We have the live stream up on Instagram, Sheldon Alexander. And on YouTube, also at Sheldon Alexander, and our brand new Twitch stream, which is On Blast Podcast. Send in your comments and questions. Join the show live. We're here after each and every Toronto Raptors game. We want to hear from you. This is about you, Raptors fans. I'm just a person reading the comments. I'm just a person asking the questions. But this is for you. Your Toronto Raptors are in the thick of the playoffs. And I think that's a good place to be after such a tough start. So they fall in their final game before the, the All-Star break. They lose 132-125 to 125 to the Boston Celtics. Without three of their top best... Without three of their top players... I mean, Norm had 25, Chris Boucher off the bench with 30, Terrence Davis off the bench with 22, Kyle Lowry with a career-high 19 assists. By the end of the day, it was going to be tough to beat a full-on Boston Celtics squad, and Jason Tatum was able to turn things around. After coming into this game, which averaging just 18 points over his last three, Tatum with 26 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists. He made all the plays for Boston, bringing them back from an early deficit as the Raptors led for the first half and even into the third quarter. But Jason Tatum was just too much for the, the Toronto Raptors as he led the way. He did it all, getting assists, hitting big threes, driving the lane, getting dunks. Jason Tatum is just that dude. So it's all right, Raptors fans. Head into the All-Star break. Give me your thoughts. We'll probably try to do a ball on blast at some point with Webby, which we'll talk about second half expectations. So please send in your comments and questions wherever you find this podcast. And if you ever miss it live, know we got you covered. Like and subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Remember, Wrap It Up is a show. The network, though, is On Blast Podcast. That's what you search. Or search my name, Sheldon Alexander. Here to help you, as Raptors fans, just, you know, deal with all the highs and lows of an NBA season. Tough times for sure, but your Toronto Raptors are okay. Make the playoffs. Come in six. That's a... That's a good, solid season for this team and everything that they had to deal with this year. So, hey, you're right there. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander or on Instagram at Shell Alexander or on YouTube, Sheldon Alexander, with more content from the On Blast Podcast Network. We got a lot of stuff over there. But enjoy the All-Star Weekend on your couch, watching the games. Hopefully everyone stays safe. Hopefully after the break, the Raptors are healthy and we'll be right back here to do this all over again on this Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander and I always, as I always say, I always did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, black.